0: Hello, welcome to Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat, pastor at St. John's Renewal, and I am here with special guest Phil Barnard from our school. He is the principal of our K-8 through school and ELC, that's Early Learning Center. You can find uh, information if you're interested in a school at sjdenverschool.org. And Phil, it's always great to have you. Thanks, Andrew. It's good to be here again. Um, Uh, my mom, I just want to tell you this, my mom loves watching our podcast when you're on it. So there you go. That's the goal, isn't it? (laughs) As long as mom's happy, we're good. There we go, man. Uh, So our question for today, uh, Phil, is this. Why does believing in the Trinity matter for your life? Like, So that's a belief of the Christian faith. But why does it matter? Can I just believe in a higher power? Can I just believe in a generic God? If all we have is chemical reactions to explain the complexity and depth of that psychology, man, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Mm. Um, just quick final thoughts, too, on selflessness. Mm-hmm. I really believe that the business world is taking on this thought of outward mindset, too. So There's a great book um, that we're actually going to read on our staff called The Outward Mindset, has great ratings right now in terms of just helping any business grow and mm-hmm. being outward in its mindset. Also, it actually comes from, uh, I believe, the authors of Leadership and Self-Deception. And that whole book is about how great leaders actually show value to their employees mm-hmm. and their organization. And self-deception is when you see them as objects to your greater financial profits. The means to the end. And that's what the whole book's about. Um, and it's making great headlines right now. Um, so those are a couple just you know, ways I see a bridge you know, to our culture when it comes to selflessness and the Trinity and how much depth
1: there is in believing in the Trinity. Well, it's interesting because you know, Jesus did say it's better, than, it's better to give than to receive. And we know from brain scans that your enjoyment level is actually higher when you're giving than when you're receiving.
0: Wow. That's Part, powerful. Parts of
1: the brain that light up with joy light up more when you're giving something to somebody else than huh. when you're receiving. And he said this 2,000 years ago. We're, yeah. just, we're just catching up on it. That's
0: powerful. And I see that. There's some people that, man, if I tell them not to give, they're kind of discouraged. They're yeah. like, you're taking away my passion here. Yeah, my blessing. <laughs> you know, That's good. All right. So I think we've done... We've done some thorough work here, Phil, I think today, in talking about the Trinity as a concept and where it comes from, uh, the Trinity as a loving community. Mm -hmm. But I think a good place to kind of end our time today would be the role of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in our lives actively every single day. Um, And so what we have is some famous stuff from Martin Luther, the great reformer, Personally, one of my heroes, (laughs) courageous leader in history. And I know you're like, well, yeah, you're a Lutheran pastor, dude. You kind of have to. (laughs) I get it. Right? So, here's what he says that the Father is creator, the Son is our redeemer, and the Holy Spirit is our sanctifier. Sanctifier is not a common word we use today, but it just simply means He makes us holy, He makes us like Jesus. Mm He sets us apart. Mm-hmm. So, so Father, let's start there. Father as creator, he, and this is something we shared in a previous episode. It said, we are image bearers of God. Mm-hmm. So that's how he creates us. He also creates the environment and says it's good, also. Uh, but I think a big contribution, I think this also ties into the Trinity is love, is if we are image bearers of God, that means we're made to be like God. We're, we're made uh, in his image, which is to reflect his love. And there's inherent dignity, value, and worth to every single human being. I think that's a significant contribution on anth- to anthropology that the Judeo-Christian tradition has been able to give. Mm-hmm. And I think if we kind of absorb that, embrace that, I think that can lead to a lot of good in society. But I don't see um, the concept of us being image bearers of God in any other worldview. Now, sure, there are other worldviews that would say human beings have inalienable rights or inherent Mm -hmm. rights, Mm -hmm. but I do see a strong contribution here that the Christian uh, understanding is making.
1: Yeah, it gives us a, a very clean and clear starting point to why people have value. They have value, it's not because of what they can do, or produce, or consume, or how they can impact you. They have value because they're inherently made in the image of God. It's, absolutely. It's a little, I don't want to say a, a mini-God, but it's because we're not mini-Gods, but it's just a little kind of version, child of God, if you like.
0: Right, absolutely. So, then I think that, you know, when we think about society, when we think about business, when we think about family, when you think about the church, man, this has a lot of application for how we treat people, mm-hmm. how we care for people, how we love people. Um, so that's, that's huge. And then also, if there's ever um, a civil rights issue, I would think that this doctrine is going to be a strong contribution to that mm-hmm. subject matter. Cool. All right. So the Son is our Redeemer. That means He buys us back or He sets us free from slavery. That's what that word literally mm-hmm. means. Uh, my question for you, Phil, would be, why does a price need to be paid? Why does a price need to be
1: paid for our sin in order to set us free? Yeah, I think that um, in one way we do look at it, like you said, as we are slaves to sin. And we, we, I think we can all recognize that we all have issues. None of us are perfect. I'm more than happy to say that. Um, and, but Jesus steps in and he, he does that substitution. He says He'll take on our sin and give us His righteousness, um, which is just a, a beautiful exchange. Um, and I think also when we, we consider, you know, it's easy to compare ourselves to people left and right and say, well, we're not as bad as them or we're better than them and I think, but if we compare ourselves to the holiness of a perfect God, of an incredible God that I don't even think our mind gets around how perfect He is, um, we've fallen very, very, very short of that standard.
0: Okay, very uh, good. So
1: so far short that it's, it's like we're just wallowing in mud and we can't pull ourselves out of it. So Jesus steps in to do the work that we couldn't do to redeem us and to bring us back into relationship with God. All
0: right. Right, right standing with Him. All right, very good. That's helpful. So slaves to sin, you said, hey, we're slaves to sin. You know, like I kind of think about There's a book out there called Atomic Habits Mm -hmm. that's doing really well. Mm -hmm. But the whole premise of the book assumes that we don't have good habits, (laughs) right? So in other words, we need a book to help us have better habits and better discipline because we're constantly falling short of that. So um, I wonder, you know, what are some ways we can um, help people understand that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because I do think that there's a disconnect today uh, with human beings on this subject matter, because I
1: think we think most people are good, but then there's a few really bad people out there. Yeah, I think it's all just comparison though. I mean, I kind of think of it if, if you look at sixth graders playing on a basketball team, who's the better basketballer, who's the worst basketballer? If you just look at those sixth graders, you can tell that there's a big difference. But then if you had Steph Curry walk in or LeBron James walk in or someone, then suddenly there's no difference between them anymore because they're compared now to someone who is actually awesome. And I think that's similar with just you and I. It's like we can compare ourselves like this, but when God steps in and His perfect standard steps in, like on a scale, all of our differences just, just pale now. They're, they're yeah. just roughly the same.
0: That's helpful. So... Why, does a, why did Jesus need to shed his blood for our sins? Why does he
1: need to pay that price you know, to, to do that for us? I think there's, there's something in all of us that demands, demands a penalty when laws or transgressions have occurred. When laws have been broken or transgressions have occurred. None of us look at a transgression and go, we're just prepared to just push that to the side. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, God's the same. God wouldn't be a holy and just God if He was prepared to go, everyone can get away with doing all this wrong and I don't care about it. Mm -hmm. He cares about it so much that He says that a penalty needs to be paid, justice needs to be served, but then put on top of that, He cares about us so much to go, well, you can't do it yourself, so I'm going to send my son who's perfect in order to take it on for you.
0: Wow, that's huge. So I heard two things there. First, that there is a penalty that is demanded for sin. And I think all of us live in that space all the time. <laughs> We're all happy with that in the end. If we look about it, if a crime being committed, we want to see justice. We want to see justice. And then so, so this is huge because Jesus then is taking our place, like you mm-hmm. use that word, substitute. Mm-hmm. So he takes the penalty so that we would be set free. Mm-hmm. He takes the justice so that we would be declared righteous.
1: Yeah. That is good news. Yeah, God's justice demands a penalty, but His love says He'll take it for us. And there you have. The, and then here
0: we are using that word love in a really powerful way that I think adds some more teeth to it. Because when I hear love being used today, I primarily hear it as acceptance. But when I hear you use it in this context, it's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So He is sacrificing His life. Um, so that we would live forever. And he says, there's no greater love than this. And someone laid down his life for his friends. Mm-hmm. So, man, that that gives me much more inspiration and teeth and just, you know, going around society, accepting people, which is which is good. But, man, this is takes it to another level.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Part of love is wanting to see the other person do better. As well, and not to, to recognize that we love and accept you where you are, but we want you to do better. We want you to grow. We want you to be a better person. Um, and for Jesus, He was saying, you know, I love you where you are, but I don't want to leave you there. Yeah, Amen. So,
0: if you're listening today and you haven't yet received Jesus as your as the Savior of your life, uh, Romans six twenty three says, "The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus our Lord." And the way you can receive the gift is, he says, to repent and believe. So repent is to say, yeah, I can't do it. I can't be perfect. I can't buy my way out of my condition and be reconciled to God. But Jesus is the one that can. And so you're turning to him. Repentance is a U-turn to him. And then faith simply receives the gift. You are not earning anything. He's earned it all you get to just receive the best Mm -hmm. present that God is offering to humanity, which is a relationship with his son. And then finally, Holy Spirit. um, We'll close our time with the Holy Spirit as the sanctifier. Mm -hmm. Um, And so is there anything you wanted to build on there with your previous
1: thought from John 14 and 15 that the Holy Spirit is our helper? Yeah, I think... uh, you know, when the scriptures talk about the Holy Spirit and sanctification, it actually uses it in three different tenses. It says we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. So we, we have been saved from the penalty of sin and death, but then he is saving us on a daily basis as he works inside of us to renew us into the kind of person that he wants us to be. Uh, and then the scriptures talk about on the, you know when we finally see him face to face in heaven, we will be finally saved. From all of our sin, and we will finally be perfect and and look upon him. So um, it's kind of cool. It's not, you know, his salvation just isn't, well, you're in. You're (laughs) in, but now I'm going to let you deal with all your problems in life. It's Hmm. like, you're in, and now let me help you deal with your problems in life. And then there's that final hope of, and I will finally help you once and for all at some point.
0: Wow, that's huge. So the Holy Spirit lives in us and he comes alongside of us to then make us holy, help us deal with all of those problems that you're, you're talking about there. And so I love that because I think sometimes Christians get that thought is I prayed the prayer, so I'm in, or I've been baptized, so I'm in. And then there's nothing else that happens after that for them. Yeah. But this is saying, no, you're dead to sin now and you're alive to me. Yeah. So there's a new life. There's regeneration.
1: There's renewal that happens, you know, in your life. And He's going to help us along the way as well, because it can get kind of saddening or depressing. Going, well, is this it? Like now I have to deal with everything all by myself still and try to put it through your own effort. Yeah. But as as a coach or a guide or as a helper, He's going to help you along the way.
0: That's huge, because with your previous thought on sin, yes, we get saved. But then sin still remains. So it's every human being's battle. Yeah. It's, and it's the, but now we get the Holy
1: Spirit to help us with that battle. Yeah, So that's great. And then the final hope that if it's not achieved now, which it won't be, it's going to be achieved in the future. Perfect. So there's
0: no perfect sanctification in this life not where we become life. sinless. But the whole point of heaven is we are resurrected to a brand new body. Mm-hmm. And we are sinless in the new creation. But until that time, we get the Holy Spirit to help us. And we should believe that He can grow us. Sure. Um, and we don't have to stick with the same addictions or habits that mm-hmm. we have. That mm-hmm. He can help us grow. And I think that's one of the big things that, I've, that the Scripture says He does, Phil. And that also I think all Christians have experienced is when He convicts us of sin. Mm-hmm. He shows us our sin. And then He helps us to come clean. Coming clean is repentance or making it right. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we may not have that ability to be convicted of sin and grow unless we have the Holy Spirit. We might just be like, oh, um, you know, I could do this or do that and it's, it's okay. But the Holy Spirit might say, well, wait a sec, this is hurting you, this is hurting other people, and I'm going to show you. And then He leads us to come clean. And what a relief it is to be able to do that. It's mm-hmm. so relieving. Come clean, you repent, you make things right, and you grow. Um, another thing, Phil, that I think is very miraculous that the Holy Spirit does is He gives us an appetite to hear from God. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed that when you're sharing a Bible study or sharing the Word. There's some people that, meh they have a big appetite. Like they're going to shanahan steakhouse pumped up (laughs) and then maybe there's some people that you know like man they're they're vegetarians they're not interested in the steak you're wanting to feed them and this is just an analogy Uh, but it's the appetite's just not there and so it's easy to tune out it's easy to get bored it's easy to not understand um wouldn't that be terrible like if you couldn't hear from your creator and you couldn't have a communication with him Um, you know, the Holy Spirit gives us an appetite.
1: Yeah, I just think it's just another way of His love. Like that's Him knowing what's best for us, which is to know the Father better, and Him helping us get there. Like that's that's just another act of love towards us. Absolutely. And you know what? It's really loving
0: as a preacher, because man, I get the (laughs) best content to share. And, you know, like... He does His thing. And He does the work. He's given them an appetite for it. He's given me the message. Um, so I don't have to make up anything, or you know, ch- try to make people want to listen to me. Man, the Holy Spirit's given people this interest in the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Um, Phil, thank you for your time today, and I think this has been really sweet. I think we did a lot of good work on why does believing in the Trinity matter, and man. As I listen to like, you and what we've talked about today, it just makes me really thankful that the Father yeah. has created me, the Son has restored my relationship to the Father, and that the Holy Spirit's my friend. Is, is working. So, thank you for tuning in today. And if you have been blessed by this podcast, we want to encourage you to share it with somebody who could also benefit from it. We invite you to uh, follow us wherever you podcast. If you do have a question you'd like for us to answer, You could submit that to hello at sjdenver.org, and we'll see you next time. Take care.